Yes, how fantastic. Zoom for Sam podcast. Greetings and welcome to the seventh episode of the Zoom for Sam podcast, the show where I share my joy of Samantha Fox by spotlighting a single single in a single episode. A proud part of the Fire and Water Records feed from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I am your host, the somewhat cheeky when not completely naughty Zoom Yukonori, and today I am showcasing one of my favorite songs from Ms. Fox's fifth studio album. 21st Century Fox. While this album was released back in 1997, at least in Europe and Asia, I myself had not discovered this album until a few years ago, after I had listened to Ms. Fox's 2005 autobiographical album, Angel with an Attitude. As I had mentioned in episode 2 of the Zoom for Sam podcast, I had received the Angel album in 2012 as a gift from my wife, Namiko, and I found the style of Ms. Fox's music in Angel to be so different from her 1980s albums that I had owned at the time, and so I decided to backtrack her discography and discover the albums that she had recorded in between. Twenty First Century Fox was Ms. Fox's first album that had completely moved away from her brilliant blend of pop rock and hip hop that she had employed in the 1980s towards a more high NRG Eurodance techno style of music. And while all of the instrumentals were electronic, the melodies, lyrics, and especially Ms. Fox's vocals conveyed warmth, vivacious fun, or poignant melancholy from track to track. I had found there were quite a number of gems in this album, including the bouncy I Dream in Colors, the passionate Love Makes You, the sultry Latin dance remake of Doris Day's Perhaps, and the confident, self-assured single Let Me Be Free. But the song that truly spoke to me on this album was the somber, yet hopeful, 11th track, Boundaries of Love. You say you love me, but only when you need me. You say you love me, but when you need me, but only you see your loneliness. So put my arms around you, feel the love surrounds you, discovering the boundaries of love. Boundaries. 
The opening line to the song definitely caught my attention, as all effective opening lyrics should do. You say you love me, but only when you need me. Could be Ms. Fox's own words to a former lover, or perhaps her own father, based upon what I had read of their last meeting in Ms. Fox's autobiography, Forever. But I believe we can all relate to that situation, at least to a certain extent, in some point of our lives. Looking at it from a less intimate scale, I am sure we had all had at least one friend that was only around when he or she needed something. To be honest, I had been that type of friend to a few people in my life many, many years ago. I would like to think that everyone had been that type of friend at one time or another. Or perhaps I simply want to believe that as an attempt to make me feel less guilty about those selfish times in my life. But the overall lyrics of the song co-written by Ms. Fox and Australian-born producer, musician, and songwriter Chris Bonacci, are truly around the universal theme of, well, boundaries that we all tend to put around ourselves, self-imposed barriers that close ourselves off, either in whole or in part, from other people. Sometimes we are aware of these boundaries, and sometimes we are not. Regardless of the case, these barriers essentially prevent people from getting close to one another to become either good friends or loving partners. There's so many different ways that you can search for love. There's so many boundaries. And there's boundaries of love which um, exposes your sexuality. So this is just a song about searching about the boundaries of your love and what it really, really means to you. Sometimes these boundaries are dictated by societal culture. I had found that most people I know in the U.S. tended to be more guarded when they interact with me and other people, and most of the people I had known in Europe seemed more open by comparison. But sometimes these barriers are rooted to one's personal experience. In terms of my own boundaries of love, at least in regards to Danielle, who regular listeners would know was the first girl with whom I had fallen in love at age 16, my boundary was friendship. Actually, I already had boundaries in regards to relationships in general at the time. I was a bit of an introvert, and having just moved to the UK from Singapore and being one of the few Asian kids in the school, and the only one in the Form 5 class, 
did not help matters. And then I had met Dan. At first it was to help her with her schoolwork, but we just clicked right away and there was something about her that just drew me out of my shell. Dan became such a good friend. In fact, at the time, she was my best friend, before I realized one day that I wanted us to be more than friends. But for a number of months, I didn't say anything, even as Dan was dating other boys, because I was, well, afraid of losing that friendship. Dan and I still grew closer during that time. We were intimate, yet platonic until one rain-soaked Friday night during which Dan had a very bad breakup and gave me a definitely not platonic kiss that I can still feel on my lips to this day. I had finally crossed my self-imposed friend-zone boundary and expressed how I felt about her. And then, almost immediately afterward, she was gone. I did not take Dan's death very well at age 16, and even 40 years later, it still hurts from time to time. My friendship with Dan gave me the courage to open myself up to other friendships, including friendships with a number of fascinating women over the next two and a half decades. But we were all just friends. While we would get along swimmingly, I didn't feel that same connection, that click, if you will, that I had felt with Dan. A click that led to the eventual spark that told me that I was essentially in love. I had already mentioned this on episode 3 of Zoom for Sam, but what I did not realize for a time was that I had essentially created a different boundary of love, that hard-to-define click criteria that needed to be met before I would even consider a romantic relationship. As a result, I essentially shuttered myself, closed off my heart to the prospect of love. There was actually another boundary of love in play as well, which became more evident when Namiko came into my life. Again, as I had mentioned in Zoom for Sam Episode 3, I had first met Namiko in 2004 at the San Mateo tech firm in which she worked. She interviewed me for an open marketing position, which I did not get. While that conversation was mostly business, the second time we had met, which was over a year later in a downtown San Francisco restaurant, and completely by happenstance, literally being at the right place at the right time, and during that second encounter, I felt, well, the click. I knew that I should definitely get to know this woman better. I had essentially crossed over that particular boundary of love by asking her out on a, well, not a date. And that actually brings me to that second boundary of love, the one for which my click criteria was really making an excuse. Essentially, the stab of my first love was so painful that... Even though I felt the click with Namiko and there was a potential flicker of that spark of love, I was still hesitant to put my heart out there for another. And I was not the only one with that boundary. 
I would learn later that the previous person Namiko had loved had left her very hurt. This was why, when Namiko and I started, well, going out, that she did not want to consider our outings as dates per se. We were just two friends doing things together or just hanging out and, again, getting to know each other better. And that was fine. We essentially respected each other's boundaries as we began our mutual exploration. And for the next few months, I had felt my admiration and love for Namiko grow right alongside our friendship. While I was not able to confirm it at the time, I did like to think that the same was true for Namiko. Sometimes she would give me a look or make a small casual display of affection that would strongly suggest that. While we were essentially keeping our distance, it did not actually feel as if we were. This was nothing like when I was a teenager secretly pining for my best friend from afar. It was almost as if Namiko and I were both pining for each other, but not from afar, and most definitely not in secret. We were just being reserved about it, being patient with each other until we both knew we were both ready to take the next step. Of course, again, this was all a big presumption on my part at the time. Suffice it to say, we seemed very comfortable with each other's company. However, there was something else, another boundary of love that needed to be addressed. There were a few times in our conversations when Namika would start to say something and then suddenly stop, as if she had caught herself before she could reveal a part of her life that she wanted to keep guarded. And while I had noticed these near slips and catches, I pretended that I did not. I reasoned that when she was ready to tell me, she would. And she did, at the end of our seventh outing. The man who had left her hurt had also left her with child, a son who was just eleven months old. While I felt my heart beat a little faster when she told me this, I actually wasn't completely surprised by the revelation. Not that I had actually known or even guessed, it was just that after she said it, Namiko having a child just seemed to make sense. At the moment, I was more surprised by my not knowing what to say in response. All I could do was quietly look at her, and I became so filled with admiration and wonder about how for many months she had been bearing and raising a child alone while still maintaining her professional career. It all just made me respect and love Namiko all the more. This would be the part where the guy would turn tail and run, Namiko commented flatly, as if speaking from experience. But she also said it in a way to convey that she would completely understand if I didn't want to continue the relationship. I finally found my voice and told Namiko that I had no intention of going anywhere. And as I said this, I put my arms around her and hoped that, well, she felt my love surround her as I leaned in to, 
well, I didn't lean very far, because I immediately felt her firm hands gently push back my shoulders as she said, What are you doing? I had planned to give her just a small, soft kiss on her lips. Nothing passionate, just a sign that I was serious about pursuing this relationship further. And I also hoped that I may get a sign from her that confirmed she would be interested in that pursuit as well. In other words, that she would perhaps kiss me back during that brief contact. Of course, I was getting an altogether different sign from Namiko. Was I being too forward? Pushing the boundaries, as it were? I was about to respond to her what-are-you-doing question honestly and apologetically with a simple, I just wanted to kiss you. But before I could get to the third word, she suddenly pulled my head down so that my lips met hers. Now, it had been 25 years and seven months since I had last been kissed in that way. I had mentioned before that my previous kiss was also my very first kiss, so it was quite awkward, but also quite passionate. I had described it as Danielle's lips melting over mine, which was how it felt. With Namiko, it was, well, the best way I had described it. It was as if Namiko had taken hold of my lips with hers, and then they danced. I will admit that the first few dance steps were a tad awkward, but we both quickly fell into an even rhythm. A very, very passionate rhythm. And our boundaries of love expanded, intersected, and then we shook them off. Can you shake it off the boundary? Thank you for listening, and my thanks also to everyone who had helped promote previous episodes of Zoom for Sam on social media. As always, please feel free to leave a comment on the show notes page at fireandwaterpodcast.com. And until next time, stay foxy, my friends. The views expressed on this podcast program belong solely to the host, who is not affiliated in any way with any music record label or entertainment company. All copyright and trademarks of music, audio clips, and quoted text are held by their respective owners. These are used for illustrative and entertainment purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. Special thanks to Samantha Fox for the music and the encouragement. The Zoom for Sam podcast is a Professor Zoom Productions production. Stay with me tonight.